Who are you? And where are you going? What do you want? For the next 24 minutes, we're going to design and attain your ideal life. On the Way to Wow Show. Together, we'll find the ideal path to get you back on the track to success and happiness. On the Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. This week on the Way to Wow, we're going to talk to a friend of mine from my Navy days, Father Christopher Allen. Chris has taken a journey from a family that wasn't particularly religious to becoming a priest in the Orthodox Christian Church. And along the way, I think he's come up with some thoughts and insights that can help us grow more deeply spiritual. What is your relationship with God? So today, I'm very pleased to have a long-standing friend of mine as a guest on the Way to Wow show. Father Christopher Allen is an Orthodox Christian priest, although he didn't start out that way. He was actually an Anglican priest and then converted to Orthodox Christianity a little bit later in life. I met Chris when he relieved me as, as chaplain in uh, Okinawa, Japan. And uh, we went, Okinawa went from having uh, only one rabbi to only one Orthodox Christian priest. That's, and they were lucky to have either one. Let me tell you, there aren't too many of us, either one of us, um, in the military these days. So uh, Chris is now, is now the rector, and I'm, I'm going to read this, at St. Joaquin and Anna Orthodox Church. Is that right? In San Antonio, Texas. And in addition to that, he also is an instructor at the Defense Language Institute on um, Lackland Air Force Base. Chris and his wife, uh, Matushka Nona, have two sons. And one of your sons is in the military now, is that right? No, actually, he, he decided not to go in the military. He's, he's going a civilian route instead. Oh, okay. So, uh, but, but, you know, much farther along in their lives than they were when we met all those many years ago. So, um, Chris, you know, one of the things I find interesting is how someone finds a path to the priesthood. It's, it's not a particularly common vocation these days. What, what, was, what, what is your story in that regard? Uh, yeah, it, it went through many sort of uh, twists and turns as uh, I was raised in a household with no particular religion. Um, but when uh, we moved from one part of town to another in the part of Connecticut I lived in, um, I found myself uh, as a neighbor to a, a young fellow who's about my age and he asked me to come to church with him. And uh, it was the local congregational church, what we find in most street corners in Connecticut. Um, and, and it sparked something in me. I had always had a, a spiritual longing, um, but I didn't know quite what it was. And this kind of sparked something in me. And little by little, I, I had a sense that I had a calling to some kind of public, public ministry. I didn't know how to formulate it at that point. But um, as, as time went on, um, I, I explored many different spiritual directions, but ultimately came back to, um, uh, I guess, the... Uh, 
what I had been first introduced to, which was with the Christian faith, and um, became more and more drawn to the liturgical aspect of that, uh, ultimately moving into the Episcopal Church. And my wife and I um, both sort of growing together in faith. We both came from two sort of different paths in the Christian fold. Um, and um, we got to a point where at one point I, I was uh, sort of trying to decide what to do with my professional life. And I, I told her, I think I was called to the ministry. And she had a very interesting reaction. She said, well, I wouldn't go to any church where you were the minister. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, she's, she has since changed her tune. Um, so, uh, as, and, and indeed has a title in the Orthodox Church has a title of her own, priest's wife in the Russian tradition is called Matushka. So she's Matushka Nona, uh, which means mama, and, and priests are Batushka, which is papa, basically. So, um, uh, but uh, as we sort of moved in through the liturgical tradition of Christianity, we became more and more convinced that the heart of Christian, uh, Christian life was in the Orthodox Church. And, and so to sort of synopsize, that's how we ended up where we are. So I've been since serving as an Orthodox, an Orthodox priest since 2006. So uh, it, it, it's, it's interesting what you said about your wife and you somehow being on a similar spiritual path and yet, and yet different. How, how common do you find that among people who, are, who, who have felt that spiritual spark and are trying to, to nourish it? I think, in my experience, it seems to be quite common. Um, uh, you know, as you know, as, as chaplains, we do a lot of couples counseling, and, and one of the things that I discovered with many of the couples that I worked with was that they were, they might have, uh, I guess, as I put it before, sort of a spiritual longing, a desire for God, uh, but they have either by by dint of their background or uh, just their separate experiences have, have come to it in a different way and are still trying to sort of formulate what it means to have a spiritual life together as a couple to find unity in that. Um, and for some, it works more easily than others. Some people find they're on a closer uh, trajectory and others are, are sort of more divergent. Um, but, but I think as long as they both acknowledge that they're, that they're, they're seeking after God and, 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 and life in God, then um, that will help sort of continue to pull them together and, and, and forge a and kind of bond, a kind of unified spiritual life in the couple. But, but I think it is quite common to have diversion experiences in the past. So that leads, I think, into the next logical question, which is what about when children are involved? Uh, maybe not necessarily small children who perhaps would go along with the flow, I mean, whatever mommy and daddy are doing. Uh, how, how, does, how does that impact I mean, people who are on that spiritual journey? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I think uh, kind of a case in point might be um, a family I now know quite well because it's the, the family of my daughter-in-law. Uh, and they actually went through a, a process like that where they had, they had come from a... Um, uh, from a, an evangelical Protestant tradition, this family of 10 children, so there are many children involved, uh, and uh, several um, uh, natural to the couple and several adopted. Uh, but they had been coming out of an evangelical tradition and uh, for various reasons were, were drawn into orthodoxy. And their children had just become very comfortable in, in the Baptist church where they were. Um, but the parents made the decision and and, and 
we're very gentle but but firmly directive in this saying this is the, the path that we need to take is is this um, to, to enter the Orthodox Church and um, the children although in some ways distressed by this because they made friendships in the other in the church um, were were obedient and um, and, and I think respectful of their parents' decision, not always happy, but but willing to um, acknowledge their parents' authority and, and to to follow them, and and ultimately, uh, by, I think by virtue of the fact that the parents were um, gentle and understanding and and willing to 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 listen to their children um, and acknowledge their their concerns, at the same time be be firm in, in following the path. Gave the children confidence to, to follow them and trust that that things could work out in a, in a positive way, and, and indeed it did. Ultimately, all the children having followed them into the church and and uh, now very content with it. Um, so that I mean that's a, a a good case in point. There are others where I suppose it might be uh, more distressing and less successful. So we've been talking about following this journey in the in the context of a group. What about for a single person who? You know, perhaps they come from a family with no religious background or or no background of involvement with God. It would seem to me to potentially uh, be a very lonely journey, um, to be perhaps even a scary journey where you're risking, you know, losing the the love and respect of of, of people you've known all or a good portion of your life. Can, would you? What are, What are your thoughts about about? You know, the same process for someone who's single. Yeah. Uh, you're right. It can be sometimes a, a scary, almost a, um, a threatening and uncertain kind of uh, path to take when one is branching out uh, separately from uh, from what their family has done um, and and is not certain about the reactions of family and loved ones. Um, but I, but I think, and I would advise people who are treading that path um, to uh, remain true to the, the calling they're feeling, feeling in their heart, that the relationship that we forge with God is the one which ultimately will have the most profound and lasting impact on our lives, both here and, and in, in eternity. And um, most faith traditions will say something to the effect that by following me, by making the choice to, to follow the, the, the truth of the, of the spiritual journey in which you're called, um, that this ultimately will, will be uh, a blessing beyond any blessing you can count in this life. Now, it's, a, it's still a difficult thing because you don't want to um, divide yourself from the people you care about, but at the same time, um, to if you are true to yourself and true to the, the spiritual calling that you're experiencing, uh, then the people who are most important to you will ultimately still, I hope, respect you for the fact that you've learned to remain true to that. So what, what would or do you say to someone who just flat out denies the existence of a spiritual component to human beings? I find that very difficult because it's, Quite honestly, it's, it's beyond my conception. I, I, I can't conceive of a world or a life without that uh, element, without that component. Indeed, as as as, as central to life. Uh, even even in my own experience before, as I said, I was raised in a household with no particular religion, and yet there was no sense ever 
I never believed at any time that there, that there was an absence of God, there was no spiritual element of, of, of life, even if I couldn't express it or articulate it. Um, so when people, when people express that to me, I, yes, um, I, I can only say and talk about it in practical terms. I, I listen with patience and uh, I suppose I, I ask them, what is it that sustains you? What is it about, uh, what is it that is the center of your life? What is it that, um, what's, what strengthens you? And, and it seems to me that, it, that if you probe deeply enough into those questions, then I think for most people, it becomes very difficult not to begin to discover a spiritual component of life. Or those people who say there is no spiritual element of their lives may simply not have recognized it. Uh, and and don't know how to identify them. Um, so I suppose that would be my, my response. So so then peel that for us a little bit. For for someone who is not in touch with the spiritual aspect of their lives or of their life, what what are what do you see as being the benefits to to discovering that aspect of themselves? Well, I I think. First and foremost, it's um, it is, in, in, as far as I believe, that what is truly most central, most integral to to our very being. So, so to not acknowledge it or to not be able to recognize it to some degree within oneself uh, is to leave oneself empty and disconnected. Um, I, I think that the spiritual component of our lives is what connects us to 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 those around us, to the world. Uh, to creation, uh, to the creator, and and to live without that, to live without an awareness of that, is to live in a very empty place, uh, a very dark place. I think it doesn't mean that there are people who are who don't have a spiritual sense who can, in some ways, live live contentedly. But I think it's much more difficult. I think it's it's a very uh, potentially very shallow thing. Um, so. In, in speaking to people who, who experience that or who have not experienced the spiritual elements of their lives, again, I would, I would ask those questions I mentioned before and, and suggest to them uh, exactly what I said, that there, there is a, a much deeper richness uh, to the experience of life uh, and a potential for, for, for greater understanding of one's place in, in the cosmos uh, when one... Uh, is open to the spiritual dimension of, of life and is is open to the movement of, of the creator in one's, in one's life. Have you seen, oh, oh, you know, going coming through what um, we've been dealing with the last, you know, nine, 12 months, whatever it's been, um, have you seen a change in the way people approach their spiritual lives? And if so, what, would you characterize that change? Yeah, I, I have in some ways. I think, um, obviously, as, as an active you know, parish priest, I, the first thing that I see is the response of my own parishioners, and um, it's been a, a struggle between uh, faith and fear. I think where there's a there's a fear in, in to some degree reasonable, to some degree perhaps um, uh, somewhat unreasonable of the risks involved uh, with, with the disease. And, and obviously I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to discount the risks involved with, with the disease, especially for those who are vulnerable. Uh, but um, there is a, 
there is a need to to trust to trust God in the face of um, risk and danger and dismay. And so there's been a real struggle in people, uh, you know, sort of tearing their hearts between. I, I I'm worried. Uh, will my action uh, cause harm or risk to someone else? Will I be in danger? Um, and at the same time, a desire to to be part of the, the worshiping community. Uh, and and so it's it's kept people away. It's made people tentative. Um, in a couple of cases, I'm aware of, it's even caused people simply to 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 leave entirely uh, because they don't know what else to do. They're, they're convinced that the, the risks are too great to even uh, participate in, in even a moderate way. Um, so and I and I think that's sort of reflected in the larger society. And it, it seems like there's there's a polarization happening too. There are those who who are, who are adamant that, that nothing will stand in the way of, of entering into worship and, and, and being part of their faith communities, and, and they're, and they're uh, absolutely convinced of this. And so they, they, uh, it's almost almost a rebellious attitude in, in some cases, and others who are absolutely uh, terrified. Uh, and, and I think that's, it doesn't seem to be a lot of middle ground. It seems like you sort of swing one direction, you swing the other direction. And again, I see that sort of the microcosm where I am, where there's there's not a lot of either pool, and there's 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 some in the middle. Um, or I'm sorry, but the other there's there's kind of a lot of either pool. Either I have people who are absolutely dedicated to that kind of no matter what, uh, some who just no matter how many precautions we take, they take they they, they won't they won't come. They'll watch online, right? They won't, but they won't come in. So, that's so a, I'm going to ask you to to sum up here, um, if. If you could give uh, someone one piece of advice for engaging more deeply in, in their spiritual life, and give us you know, 30 seconds um, from, from Father Christopher Allen. How, how can someone do that? Okay. Um, I would say what I say to even my parishioners, take, if you have to, take 30 seconds when you get up. And, and be still. If you don't have a prayer to say, if you don't, if you're not part of the faith community, if you don't have a religious take 30 seconds and be still. We are nothing but busy and in motion constantly in our life. And the only way to begin to, to encounter God, to encounter our relationship with, with the Creator and the cosmos and His creation, is, is to stop for just a few moments. So even if you start with 30 seconds, if you're so busy, all you can do is give 30 seconds, stop and be still for 30 seconds. And this, just that seed, can plant the desire for more of that stillness and even to begin to utter prayers, to, to find someone with whom to, to have fellowship and share that, that, that spiritual life and, and desire. So, so if you can't do anything else, stop. Take that 30 seconds and be still. Wonderful. Well, we have your thing to put on our collage. Oh, that's right. It's right here. <laughs> and this is, this is your, your, your grandmother, I believe, right? Great-grandmother. Great a oh, great-grandmother. Um, tell us just real quickly the, a, a bit of the story. Yeah, she, was, um, she had a, a, a tragic life and, and died young. Um, she uh, was sent to a mental institution uh, for reasons that are sort of, sort of obscure, the family kind of hid that and made a different story about it. Um, and, and, I, and I tell that not because I, I want to sort of, well, it, it's because she was someone whose life was essentially sort of cut off from her. She was cut off from her family. From, uh, she lost her husband in a train wreck in 1915. She couldn't see her sons. Uh, and, 
uh, and, she, and she died sort of having been sent out to, to live with the cousins after she'd been released from a mental institution. Um, and, and, I, and, and yet she was a gentle soul and she was um, in a sense taken away from her own family of birth and, and put her in another family that were, where she didn't fare well. And, and I think for her because um, there's no reason that anyone's life has to be that lonely or tragic. And I, I wanna emphasize that, that, that when I think of her, I think of her loss and I think of her loneliness and, and I don't want people to, to have to experience that. Beautiful. Well, we're going to put her up here on our collage. I think we're going we're gonna to put her among some good friends. Chris, it was, it was great seeing you. Thank you so much for being on the Way to Wow show. Blessings, blessings, blessings to you and your family. Kevin, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking with you and seeing you again. I want to thank my guests for this week's Way to Wow show, Father Christopher Allen. I think we should heed his advice to stop and be still for just 30 seconds a day to give our spirits a chance to connect to something beyond ourselves. Next week is a very special episode, especially for me, because we're going to be talking, or I'm going to be talking, to my daughter about a subject that's troubled me for many, many years, and that is how much she likes and how much time she spends playing video games online. Maybe she can tell us something that I haven't thought of. Who knows? Courage at all times, my friends. Marie, you're still my belle. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.